We are partway through a series called Hunger, brilliant intro video, and it's all about how we hunger after God. This is where we root ourselves, live our lives, hungering after him, and everything flows from that. We're doing uh, this series because we really believe that this is what's going to change us, this is what's going to shape us. Hopefully every series is the same, every message is the same, every encounter with God, but we just want to keep going deeper and deeper. Now, Sarah, a few weeks back to back, she's done a brilliant job, hasn't she? Looking at this whole aspect of zeal. Anyone been here for the last few weeks? Been great, hasn't it? Been good. Thank you. Even at the back. Um, but Sarah opened up what zeal looks like to us from Romans 12, 11. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Something about this hunger where we keep this spiritual fervor serving the Lord. And you gave us this brilliant definition so good that I wrote it down. Passionate internal state, this is what zeal is definition is, passionate internal state that's expressed through a radical action. And I want us to know that this passionate internal state is love. That's what God wants us to have, a passionate internal state is love. And our radical action is love as well. So today we're going to look at something that we're meant to carry a passionate internal state for, but also have a radical action with, and that is hungering for others. Hungering for others. Now, when we think about hungering after others or hunger for others, there can be all sorts of things that spring to mind and great things. So we can hunger for social action, like Phil was saying. Like something happens like this week and we think, where can we help? But actually, that's our continual response right so we send teams out onto the streets every Friday for social action just to love the people of Manchester to love the most vulnerable so that's one way we can hunger for others and it's absolutely brilliant but what we're looking at this morning is a hunger for others that means man I want to see that person saved what I mean by that is I desperately long for seeing their hearts transformed like my heart has been transformed not in a any other agenda other than love. We don't look at people like targets. We look at them like people. And our agenda is, man, what I've received, I want you to receive. So that's what we're looking at today. You know, after what happened on Monday, I think the stark reality for me, I'm quite a simple man, but I realized how glorious the gospel is. Again, as if it can get even more glorious, because it can't. It, it, it can't get any better. But what it made me realize, so, so shocking, so horrible, so heart-wrenching, was Monday night, that I came to re the realization afresh that the only hope for this nation, the only hope for the nations of the world is that lives get transformed, is that human condition gets transformed inside out. The emergency service do an incredible job. The police, the army, they do an incredible job. But we are not about behavior management. We're about life transformation. And the only way that people's lives can be transformed is by a radical encounter by Jesus that changes their heart and their motives and their mind and their actions. So that's what we're looking at. What will change the world? Changed hearts. Changed hearts, my friends. We're a supernatural being. Uh, peeing. <laughs> Great job, San. Great job. We're a supernatural people. And peeings. 
And we believe that God wants to move in power amongst us, don't we? Man, I long for more miracles in this community. I long for the miracles that spill out from us onto the streets of Manchester. I long to see people healed. I long to see signs and wonders and miracles follow us. But you know what is the most precious and the most vital miracle of all? Is when a person is born again. The Bible calls it being born from on high or born anew to be restored, to be reconciled with our creator. That is the most precious miracle of all. Every other miracle is built on that. I long for the day where we just see hearts transformed spontaneously. I love to see people healed physically, don't we all? But I want to see that internal man healed. I remember for me 16 years ago, when that happened to me, it was like, man, everything's changed. Everything's changed. Ultimately, that's why Jesus came, and ultimately, that's why he died. Of course, we believe he came to give us life, and life in all its fullness. The Bible says life in abundance. We believe that. He wants us to live in the good of everything he achieved, but the ultimate reason why he came is to hang upon a wooden cross, to carry the sins of humanity, to die for all of our sins, to be buried in the tomb, to rise again three days later, and for anyone who would trust in him, they would give brand new and eternal life. That's it. That's the reason why it came. I want to read some scripture. I'm sure you'll be happy that I'm just not going to share my thoughts with you. 2 Corinthians, if you have a Bible, turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it will come up on the screen as well. Just going to work our way through a few, few verses. I'll explain, a, explain what these are saying, hopefully, as well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He is a new creation or a new creature. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us this ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. That's the message. That in Jesus, God is reconciling the whole world to himself. Not counting men's trespasses or sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. Love that. You can be an ambassador for anything, but to be one for Jesus, man, that's pretty awesome. As if God were making his appeal through us, we implore you then, or we plead with you, or we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. And this is the gospel message right here, my friends. For our sake, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be sin for us. So that in him we might receive this righteousness of God. I remember when, when I was first saved, 16, 16 years ago approximately, the encounter that I experienced, this life-changing moment that I experienced, I wanted the whole world to live in it. But more, most importantly, I wanted my dear family and friends to encounter the reality that what I just encountered. I wanted those that I loved. I wanted my family, my friends, my loved ones. I, I wanted to share eternity with them. And do you know what? The, the thing that was most, most desperately haunting was the fact that I might not. If something didn't change in their lives, I might not share eternity with them. 
And I carried this desperate plea within. And it wasn't drivenness, it wasn't religion, it wasn't legalism. It was this longing to share eternity with my brother, my mother, my father, my cousins, my friends. And all I wanted to do was tell them about Jesus. Sometimes I cringe, you know, when you bite your fist. Because I used to get them Bibles and say, read this. And they'd say, no. No. And I realized my motive wasn't one of love. It was one of desperation or one of kind of, I'm somehow notching up brownie points with God. But there was this longing. There was this pure longing within that I wanted them to know what I know. I wanted them to experience what the Bible talks about, this pearl of great price. I found something. Hey, more important than that, I was found by someone. And I wanted them to experience the same. But little by little, do you know what? As the weeks, months, days, years have gone by, what began, what was birthed in my heart of something that was primary has very subtly shifted to become secondary. I want to be super duper duper clear about this. Do I believe in pastoral ministry? Do I believe in the local church? Absolutely. Do I believe that we're to love and care and, and, and empower one, one another? You bet your bottom dollar I do. Do I long for the church? Absolutely. This is my family. But do you know what I believe is absolutely primary? Is that we spill out of this community and we carry a message that will genuinely transform lives. And we hunger and we long for the things that God longs for. Just as we were singing those worship songs, it hit me afresh. Man, I'm saved for all eternity. I've got to be honest with you, part of me this morning is still fearful. It's still carrying this, man, what if that happened to us? What if something happens to us here? But you hold on, you choose to shout to Jesus again. Now you've won the day. You are absolutely victorious in every way. In every way. But I want the whole of humanity to experience this. But we have to come from the right di- um, foundation. When we're talking about hungering after others, we need to live from the right foundation. Because we can. We can go off like a lot of religious, kind of driven, stress-filled, panic-stationed, just weird people, if we're not careful. But we need to live from the right direction, right foundation. And doing this series on hunger means that we're living from him. We're keeping our lives rooted and remaining in him. So we begin to pick up what he picks up. We, we, we begin to hunger for what he hungers for. We be, begin to live for what he lives for. We begin to long for what he longs for. And that's humanity. That's every single human being on planet Earth. That's what God hungers for. Regardless of who they are, where they are, what they've done, where they're from, God hungers for humanity. You know that famous worship song that goes, break my heart for what breaks yours? We can so easily sing it, can't we? But does my heart truly break for what breaks his? Because I believe with all my heart what happened Monday night, God's heart is broken. You better believe it is. 
He's not a standoffish father that is just like, oh well, I gave you the earth. His heart is broken for what happened. So I want my prayer, I want our prayer to be, God, break, break my heart for what breaks yours. And what breaks his heart is humanity. And this is how much God's heart breaks for humanity. I want you to see Jesus on the cross again. That's how much he, he breaks for us. That's how much he broke for me when I was trapped in addiction. That he went to the cross. That's how much he, he's passionate for you right now. That he wants you to see him afresh at the cross. But the beautiful reality is he's no longer pinned to a cross. He's risen in victory and he's alive. And he's changing lives. Just, just look across the room just now, just for a few minutes. He has changed hundreds of lives in this community. And he will continue to do so. What does love look like? It lives, looks like a person. And that person is Jesus. That's what love looks like. And that person was pinned to a cross. The, the Bible states in Romans that God has demonstrated his love for us like this. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. Let me say that again. Wherever you find yourself this morning, friend, distant from God, or maybe you're up close and personal and you can feel his breath on your face, wherever you are, this is true for you. God so loved you, so loves you, that he wanted to demonstrate that love for you by sending Jesus to the cross. But I want you to know that his motive was love. God loved us. God loves us. That's always his motive. His motive is and was and always will be love. And that needs to be ours as well. That needs to be our motive as well. So I want to go on a little bit of a journey this morning, looking at these, these verses here. Verse 17 says, In Christ we've been made anew, pretty much. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ... He's received something brand new. He or she. The old is gone, the new has come. The Bible's really clear about this. That this, this new that has come isn't just a, an upgrade. Isn't when Carphone Warehouse phones you and says, you're ready for an upgrade. Would you like one? Well, our lives haven't been upgraded. Remember my friends seeing my life radically transformed and saying, wow, you've done so well. You've really sorted your life out. I was like, you've got to be joking. I couldn't do this. I was born again. I was born anew. It wasn't an upgrade. The Bible calls me a brand new creature. And I know I look a little bit like a creature. But the Bible says that we are brand new. So whether you've been a Christian here for one week or 53 years, you're brand new. Never to be old again. You're never, ever going to slip back into the old you because you're brand new. You see, when we get a hunger for others, we've got to first realize what God's done for us. Because if we try to do it from ourselves, we always get riddled with weakness, don't we? So I want us to see what's happened to us. So firstly, you need to know that You've been made new. Secondly, verse 18 says that this was all a gift from God. So you didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. And you jolly well can't earn it to keep it. Because you don't need to. It's a gift freely given to you. I love that. Just that one short statement. Oh, and by the way, and all of this is from God. 
All of this is from God. Verse 19 states that through Jesus, God was reconciling the whole world back to himself. And he's starting with you. And he's starting with me. One life at a time is going, Stefan, I'm, I'm choosing you. And I'm going to rebuild with you and I'm going to show the world what it looks like. And then verse 20, because of all this, go. Go as Jesus' ambassadors. And this is what it says, God is doing his work through us. Uh, this baffles my poor little mind. God in his infinite wisdom goes, I'm going to reach a lost and broken and dying world. And, and you know how I'm going to do it? Paul and Jane, I'm going to choose you. And I'm going to so fill you with my power and love that I'm going to reach this world through you. So as Phil says, our response is just to be continuous. Christ in us means, man, he's going to reach everyone and everywhere through us. And all we've got to do is let him out. Just let God out. God has entrusted to us or committed to us, bless you. This message, I've got ears of a bat. <laughs> What's that, mother? <laughs> of reconciliation. My wife's eyes are burning through my head. I can feel them. <laughs> He's entrusted to us this message of reconciliation. And I, and I love this because I'm a totally unschooled man. But I've been entrusted with the very mandate of heaven. Man, it's incredible. We've been entrusted with something, and it's reconciliation. So I want to be really clear. If our message some way doesn't help speak about how mankind can be restored to God, then it's not his message. If it doesn't leave people going, well, I want God. I, I'm going to be reconciled to him then. Then it's not the gospel. It should be so scandalous that it leaves people going, surely not. Surely I've got to add to that. No, no. Jesus has done it all. But our message, our words, they have to speak about how we can be reconciled to the one who made us, regardless of where we find ourselves. Regardless of where we find ourselves. Something to be aware of. We need to be ready to speak. I want this to be empowering this morning. We need to be ready to speak. Uh, 1 Peter 3 verse 15 says, But in your hearts separate or set apart Christ. Not separate Christ. Set apart Christ as Lord. But this is what it says. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you for the reason of the hope that you possess. The, the hope that's within you. The hope that you have. So we need to be ready to give people an answer. We need to be ready at the bus stop. We need to be ready at the school gates. We need to be ready in the coffee shops. We need to be ready in Tesco's or any other supermarket. We need to be ready to give an answer of the hope that we carry. We have a message, and we have a message filled with hope. I have hope within me. Even though I'm fearful at times, even though I still think and do crazy things at times, I am filled with hope. I am filled with hope. And if someone asks us, we need to be ready. We need to stay alert. Jesus talked about keep awake, stay ready. We need to be ready to share our story. Each one of you in this room has got a story and it's profound. Your story's not mine and mine's not yours, but you carry a story of how God changed you. 
And on the back of your story, it builds a bridge where you can float his story. You know, I want to be ready. I don't want to be that, that man stuck at the bus stop and someone says to me, man, you feel peaceful today. What's that about? I have no idea. The birds are singing. I, I, but I have no idea why I'm, I have every idea why I'm happy. Why I'm filled with hope. Because I'm eternally secure. Even though I don't feel like it at times. The reality is I am eternally secure. You know, my friend Gary was ready. My mate Gaz was ready with hope. He was alert when I came knocking on his door or I asked him. That was a reality. I remember saying to him one day in a sweaty old factory, covered in muck we were, I said, come on Gaz, what is this that you believe? And he was ready with the gospel. And he didn't look at me just like gospel fodder. He told me his story. He said, well, Sam, this is what Jesus has done for me. And then he was able to share Jesus with me in a way that my simple little mind got it. And I was like, well, I want Jesus, Gaz. How can I have him? He said, it's going to cost you 20 quid. No, he didn't say that. He was able to share with me exactly how I could receive him. Cut a long story short, I ended up going to his church and I encountered Jesus. He didn't have to hype it up, nor do I, nor do we. The gospel hypes itself up. We don't need to add to it, we don't need to take anything away, we just present the facts. Jesus was dead and now he's alive. And he's ready to carry your sins away. All you need to do is turn to him. It can be as simple as that. We can take confidence in him. My confidence isn't in me. And I know you know that. Because I think, man, look at me. My confidence isn't in me. It's in him. It's fully in him. And you know what the profound thing is? That the Bible says that in my weakness, he's seen strong. So we don't have to appear super confident we place our confidence in someone that is a firm foundation, that is a rock that will not be shaken, that is ready to meet people with mercy. I don't feel like it a lot of the time, folks, but I know the reality that I know why I'm on the planet now. I really do. And it's to share the love of Jesus wherever we go. And the fact, like Phil said earlier, Christ in me means that he is the hope of glory everywhere I go. Christ in you is the hope of glory wherever you go. That means Christ in you means that you carry authority and power. You, th you carry authority and power. Let's look at authority very quickly. Matthew 28, Jesus says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Not me, Jesus. This is when he'd risen from death itself. He's with his disciples and he says, Now all authority is given to me, therefore go. Go, guys, carrying this authority. Be like me wherever you go. I'm paraphrasing. So we have the same commission and mandate on our lives as the first followers did back then. The same mission that rested on, our, on them rests on us now. And it's a, a mission to go. And you know what? We don't have to wake up thinking, where shall I go? Just, just go. Into your workplaces, into your families, into your friends. Just staying alert. Being ready, 
being ready to share the hope that you carry. But the authority comes from him. Jesus sends us, and he sends us with his authority. So we've received authority from heaven itself. So I want you to picture Jesus as the king above all kings. And he places his authority on you. And he says, Dan, go. Go with my authority, son. And you're going to bless the nations of the world wherever you go. So what is the good news? What is this authority? What are we called to preach this good news everywhere? John 3.16 sums it up. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Do you know, when I was trapped in addiction, when I was trapped in rejection and hurt and pain, this is what I needed to hear. Saying, God so loves you that he sent his son. And all you need to do is believe. And I was like, I can do that. I don't know how to do a lot of stuff, but I know how to do that. Also in Luke 19, it says, the reason why the Son of Man came was to seek and save the lost. That's his whole purpose on the earth, to come and seek and save us. And then we look at this last bit in 2 Corinthians 21, uh, chapter 5, 21. It's known as the great exchange. And it's the great exchange because of this. It's an incredible swap. It's basically all of my junk for all of his goodness. That's the swap. I, I didn't have money to earn it. My behavior certainly didn't earn it. All it was was a swap. So he took all of my mess and he imputed into me, the Bible says, all of his right standing. So I now stand before the father as his son. How ridiculous is that? Like, how ridiculous? My 15-year-old shirt that Phil gave me. I stand before my father in heaven totally righteous like totally righteous this message carries its own authority and sometimes I think I need to add to it but I've realized that all I need to do is say it and then you start going oh man it does work well lives actually do change I want to finish by looking at this power Christ in me means we carry power as well so when I heard this message of Jesus for the first time, something happened within me. It wasn't a, a process of several years. There was this moment where my heart changed and it was a power at work in the millisecond. Not only was God real, but he was suddenly alive and he was alive acting and changing my heart and mind. I was chatting to a friend earlier and I, I left this place when I encountered God totally drug free. It wasn't, I needed to go on a, a program and I'm not knocking that, please hear me. But I'm telling you that there's such power in the good news of Jesus that in a moment, chains can be broken. In an absolute moment, you can be set free from addiction. And if that's you this morning, I want to believe that Jesus wants to set you free this morning you can be set free from fear in a moment because there's power in these words. You know, the Apostle Paul states, who wrote a lot of the New Testament, 
He said, when he came to Rome, he said, my words, I want to come to you guys in Rome, and I want you to know that my words don't come with wise and persuasive and arm up your back words, but by the demonstration of the spirit and power. So there's something tangible, even as I speak today, there's something tangibly powerful about the word of God, about the good news of Jesus, and it will germinate in some of your hearts. I'm just looking around. It will germinate in some of your hearts, and in a moment, this power will change you. He also said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of anyone who believes. This troubles me, this, because sometimes I think I am ashamed of it. I'm a bit nervous. People come around and we're like, I'm hiding my Bible. They might think we're Christians. Like I said, we're not called to be weird. We're called to carry love. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, friends, because it is the power of God for salvation for anyone who would believe. So if that's you here this morning and you say, man, I want to believe, I'm going to pray for you at the end, and you can receive Christ and your whole life can be flipped, turned upside down and inside out. I'm going to finish with this. A few more verses. One verse will be chucked up on the screen behind me. Isaiah 61, uh, the first part says, that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news, to preach good news, to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. That's what we need in today, don't we? The brokenhearted to be bound up again. So what gives this message power? Well, it's God, isn't it? It's Holy Spirit. This verse shows us, this is speaking about Jesus, and then when Jesus came in Luke's gospel, he proclaimed these words in the temple, but this is now the mandate on our life. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon us, and he's anointed us to bring, to preach good news to the poor, to bind up the brokenhearted, to declare freedom for the captives. And this is the incredible reality. I want you to think about this afresh. If you're in Jesus, if you've given your life to Jesus, this is true for you. The Spirit of God himself is on you. And it says, the Lord has anointed me. So the same anointing that rested and remained with Jesus now rests and remains on us. I just love that fact. That same Spirit that descended and remained with Jesus remains on me that same spirit that said to Jesus this is my son whom I love in him I'm so pleased now rests and remains on you friends and that's the voice you need to hear he's a good father and he says over you God of heaven says over you you're my son and my daughter whom I love in you I'm so pleased but this is where this power comes from he fills us with power And the message is backed up with power and authority because God is working through us. And this anointing simply means that we get to carry him wherever we go into every situation and circumstance. So I love the fact that we had A&E doctors as part of this church community in A&E on Monday night carrying the very presence of God. I love the fact that we get to stand at our school gates carrying the very presence of hope. Hope has a name. (laughs) 
And because life is transformed, we not only get to speak about it, but somehow our lives are like sandwich boards of hope. You know what I mean by that? Uh, Advertise God. There's something about what happened in my life that screamed to my friends. They thought I was a bit weird. But something happened in my life that screamed to them, something's changed you. And that's what we get to do as well. Our lives demonstrate. I think it was Francis of Assisi said, wherever you go, preach the gospel. And if you need to, use words. And I think sometimes we need to hear that. Wherever we go, we preach the gospel. If you came around to lunch this afternoon at our house, our lives are continually preaching the gospel. Or not, as the case may be. So this anointing is, is one of power, but I want you to know this power is love. It's not something we just plug ourselves into and shake and quake. It's love. Romans 5, 5 says that God has poured his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So I want you to know that the power that you carry into every situation you find yourself in is love. It's love. See, love is what wrecked my life. Love is what continually wrecks my life. During the worship, I just felt his love afresh. Love is what we're meant to be connected to and stay connected to. And this power is found in his love. And it's his love that breaks hearts. It's his love that breaks change. It's his love that will, will, will break the hatred in this world. It's his love that will do that. His love. And God is love. So the way that we do this is we stay rooted and connected in him. It's what this series is all about. As we hunger after him, we get to pursue what he pursues. We get to long for what he longs for. Our hearts genuinely will begin to break what his breaks for. We're at a prayer meeting on Tuesday night. I didn't even know. I couldn't pray. You know, when you're in that moment where you're like, I just feel numb. But somehow our hearts break. And they begin to break what his breaks for. Literally two more things and I'm going to invite Emma up as well. And we're, going to, we're just going to pray together this morning. This, this hungering, this getting the hunger for others is, is done in the secret place. What I mean by that is not a little secret safe you lock yourself in. Jesus had a lot to say. What you do in secret is what the Father rewards. He doesn't want us to blow our trumpets about it. But he says, actually, the place to pray, where you pray, is by going into your room, closing the door, and speaking to your Father who is in secret. And there is where we'll be rewarded. So... My heart, I realize I'm, I'm closer to humanity when I stay connected to him. And often it's just when it's me and him, it's just me and God. He's, he's beginning to reveal and, and unveil what he thinks about my father, what he thinks about my brother, what he thinks about my street. He begins to speak to me. And it's there that we can bring people before the Lord. You know the story about the guys that pulled the tiles off the roof just to lower their friend before Jesus? There's this beautiful parallel here. They're just desperate to get their buddy before Jesus. And somehow in the secret place, we can contend for people. We can hunger for people. We can cry over people. We can weep for people. Even as I'm saying this, I feel uh, compassion again. That man, some of my family, I want to I bring them as if I'm lowering them on the map before the Lord. And I want to say, Father, you love them more than I love them. 
but I want my heart to break for them, but I, I want you to save them. Jesus often says, what is it you want from me? This is what I want. I want my whole family saved. That's what I want. And I want all of your family saved. And I want all of your friends saved. And I want all of our communities saved. Because that is what will transform society. But we do this in a secret place. And this is the amazing reality. is as we partner with him, as we co-labor with him, we get to walk hand in hand with him. We get to be like Jesus. I, I just want to do what I see the Father doing. I want to be involved with what my God's involved in. I want to be involved with what my good Father is involved in. So I'll finish with this. That internal, passionate state, I want it to be fueled with love. And it's in the secret place we contend for it. So I want to encourage you, friends, family, every day contend for people you don't know. Bring them before the Lord and say, God, I want, I want their life. I want their life in the kingdom. This radical action, be ready. Just be alert, be ready to share. Just be ready to share your story because there's power in your story and then you can float his story over that. Em, do you want to just come join me? Nice step. Yeah, well, like San said, we really just felt like we wanted to pray for us, for all of us as a church community. And before we do that, I just wanted to share just a teensy-weensy one minute of a testimony. Um, because I feel like this is something that I've really gone... I just really feel God's doing something in me for it. Right, sorry. <laughs> right, get a grip. Um, so, about three months ago kind of around March time, I found myself just feeling really, really kind of lost, really, really flat, really, really just disappointed and discouraged. I felt like actually, and I found myself writing in my journal, when am I ever really going to care about the things that I say that I care about? I've got all the right words. I've got all the right lingo. I know the stuff, but, but also I know what goes on in my head and in my heart. And sometimes I just when am I really going to care about this stuff? When am I really going to be convinced of the things that I say that I'm convinced of? And so I just went on this kind of rant with God, really. And I think God understands when we get to that place. And just linking back to what Sarah shared last week, which is actually the need, the need there is to repent. And on the back of that, hunger comes. And do you know what I felt when, when I was ranting away in my journal? What I felt God say in the kindest and most loving way was, was repent. Emily, you need to get on your knees and you need to repent of your, of, of your fear, of, your dis, of being discouraged, of being disappointed in me, of being cynical, of being allowing your heart to grow hard. And, and do you know what's happened since... Since that point, since that moment, is that actually I feel like God has done this new thing in me where I, I'm not satisfied and I'm not going to be satisfied until we see people coming into this church community and saved and added and radically restored and redeemed for all of eternity. And, and I, just, I just feel convinced again that Sam and I have, have a part to play in that. But actually, as a church community, there is, I feel like there's just this new commission for us as a church family and I, I just want to encourage us to run with that I don't know exactly what that's going to look like for me what that means Monday Tuesday Thursday but I don't I don't exactly know how I pay a part in that but but I want to I want 
I want to say yes to God. I, in the process of um, feeling like God's been dealing with me, <laughs> I, I read Pete, a book by a chap called Pete Gregg, and I really, I really found it really helpful. Loads of testimony and things like that. But, but I just wrote this quote in my journal, and, and this is this is been my prayer and this is my prayer for us as a church family maybe the simple key to unlocking your highest destiny is the word yes addressed to God perhaps he is waiting to wreck your life for good longing to give you the commission for which you were born and and I'm convinced again that the commission for which we are born is to be the hands and feet of the gospel to those around us in this city and in this nation. And, and I just want to go again. I want to run again. I want to say yes again to all the things that God has, has done in my life. I know the truth and it has set me free. How can I not carry that to others? How can I not be ready with a word, with a hug, with a kind gesture, with an explanation of the gospel when somebody asks? How could I not be ready for that? So, yeah, I mean, we just want to pray this morning, and, and I want to pray that for us as a church family, that we would, we would be excited again about the commission that we have as a church family, because it is exciting, and it is good news for this city. It's great news for this city. It's great news for our lives. Do you want to stand with us? Stand. Now, if that's, if that's you, I really believe that God does something in our hearts, and he, I, I'm sure of what... My beautiful wife has shared. Some of your hearts have gone, yeah, that's me. That's me. So if that's you, I'll just, just, just engage with God right now. And just say yes to him. Just say yes again. Say, God, maybe some of you, it's, it's, it's grown dim in your own heart. And, and actually you've gone insular and you've become navel gazing or something. But just say yes again. Say yes to the great commission of Jesus. Say, yes, my king, I will ride out again for you. Yes, I will, I, I'm ready wherever I go for you again. Em, do you just want to pray over us? Yeah. Father, I just want to thank you that the gospel is good news. It is good news for all of eternity. It will be the best news. God, would you just, would this mark a moment in time where we as a church family say yes to you, Lord, that we want to run with all of our strength for others. We want to hunger for others. God, I long for the day where people would come into this church family. They would be saved. They would be added. I thank you that every single person here has a part to play in that. God, would you wreck our lives for something good? And that something good is you. It is Jesus Christ. And Father, I ask... That you, would, that you would convince us again of everything that you had done. God, where we need to repent of, of having a, a hard heart, of being cynical, of being disappointed, of being discouraged. God, would you, would you just set, set us free from all of that? Would we repent of it? God, we want to put it all to one side. And we want to run again with you and after you. God, I thank you for this wonderful church family. I thank you for every single person here. I thank you for every single gift that you have placed in all these people here. And God, would you just grow it again? Would you, would you convince people again of the vital part they play in heaven on earth, in bringing heaven to earth? Father God, amen.
two things. Pray right now for a faith for salvations to rise among us. We are encouraged as a church community. This is, this is a gift God wants to give us. This faith for salvations that we would see people radically saved. So I speak that over us again in the name of Jesus. God, would you birth something in our hearts that we would believe that you still want to save people to the uttermost, like Sarah said, and you'd stir in our hearts again. Just as we close, I just want to give the opportunity for you. If you don't know Jesus right now, this is all you need to say. Jesus, come into my life and change me. Jesus, forgive me for all of my sin. Thank you that you carried it to the cross. Thank you that you died carrying all of my sin there. And thank you that you rose again, giving me brand new life. Just ask him, just say, Jesus, come into my life right now. Come and wash me clean. Come and wash me new. I want that new heart that that guy's been talking about. I want that new heart. So just receive it. Receive this free gift of grace that only Jesus gives. Just receive it right now. And I pray, Holy Spirit, if anyone has said that this morning, would you empower them to live this life? I ask in Jesus' name. Amen.